In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, all three of our readings this morning speak of encounters with God. Right, first we have Isaiah, who is brought into a special vision of God's presence. And then in Corinthians, we hear from St. Paul, who recounts that Christ appeared to him. And then finally, in our gospel, we have Peter, who for the first time is struck with the reality of who Jesus really is. In all of these stories, God is the one who takes the initiative to make himself known. That's what really strikes me. Right? None of these people were out searching. They weren't doing some spiritual self-help program. Right? They were on their way, living their normal life, and God makes himself known to them. God reveals himself to each of these people, apart from anything special that they do. Well, that's the theology we want to take away from our scriptures this morning. Right? That God always comes to his people first. And then his people are made new by his grace. God comes to his people first. Consider the story of Abraham. Right? Abraham, in Genesis 12, was doing nothing special. But out of the blue, God comes to Abraham and tells him to leave his father's country and to go to a promised land that God was going to show him. Or consider Moses in Exodus. Moses was doing nothing. He was attending sheep, doing nothing special. But then the Lord appeared to him in the burning bush and gave him a new identity, gave him a new job. Last week we read from Jeremiah, who's called by God, though Jeremiah is just a young man. Isaiah, in our Old Testament reading, is called by God out of the blue. And even though Isaiah says, hey, I'm a sinner, don't call me, God comes to him first. St. Paul sees Christ on the road to Dis on Damascus as he goes to persecute Christians. God's grace, God revealing himself to us, it's almost like an invasion. It's a surprise attack on us when we're living comfortably in the world. And in his grace, God wakes us up and reveals to us what is good and what is true. And so when we look carefully at our gospel text, we see that Christ invades Peter's life. So in verse 2 of our story, Jesus sees some fishermen's boats sitting there on the shore, and he gets into, one, into the one belonging to Peter. He then begins to tell Peter what to do with his boat. First, put it out into the shallow water as he teaches the crowds, and then a little later, go out into the deep. But notice how presumptuous that must have seemed to Peter. Jesus gets into his boat, begins giving him orders about his own boat. You have to wonder what's going through Peter's mind. Right, this boat was his livelihood. It was crucial to his business. He was the expert fisherman here. And now a teacher who's the son of a carpenter begins getting into his boat and telling him what to do. Right, and not only that, this was after Peter had been working all night long. He was definitely tired. It had been a poor night of fishing. They hadn't caught anything. He was ready to get the nets cleaned and put away, to go home, go to bed, go to sleep. But Jesus gets in his boat and says, No, Peter, you're not done yet. And Christ reveals who he is to Peter through that miraculous catch of fish. And Christ is showing himself to Peter. He's saying, I am the Lord. I am the Lord of over all creation. Right? I can bring fish out of the water 
were only a few hours before there were no fish. And not just a few fish, so many fish that the boats began to sink, the nets began to break. You know, these weren't small little canoes. These were sizable fishing vessels, and they're being sunk by the weight of the fish. Peter knew that Jesus had to be more than just a teacher. Peter knew that Jesus had to be more than just a carpenter's son. In fact, notice the shift in Peter's language in the story. He goes from calling him master, which in the Greek is a kind of respectful way to talk to one who's above you, to calling him Lord, right? That is God. Peter knows that this is more than just a teacher. No, he knows that he is now standing in the presence of the divine. Peter, like Isaiah, knows he's encountering God. And in that encounter, Peter becomes completely aware of how inadequate he is, how unworthy he is, how sinful he is. But like Peter, if we take the time to examine ourselves when we are in the presence of the Holy God, I think we come to the same conclusion. Right, that we're not worthy to stand in the presence of God. We ourselves are sinners. How can we do that? But the great truth of the gospel is that when we become aware of our sinfulness, it means that God has already invaded our life with grace. So some people imagine that, the, that Christian salvation is something like a transaction. Right, that you come to feel sorry for your sins, and so you ask God for forgiveness, and then God gives you grace in return for that. But that's not what happens. Instead, God has already shown you his grace. And that's why you're aware of your sins. Apart from God's grace, no one really knows their sinfulness. Right? Peter does not know his sinfulness apart from the Lord standing in front of him. It's when Isaiah is encountered by God, that's when he realizes just how unclean he is. Right? And so apart from God's grace, no one really knows just how sinful they are. Rather, people apart from God's grace live blindly, deluded by their sin. They follow along the worldly path. Think of the hymn we all know and love. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Blind, but now I see. Well, in that song, we see it's a gift of God that the wretch understands himself to be a wretch. It's grace coming to you when you understand just how sinful you are. That's a result of encountering God. That's a result of God's grace. We think of the life of John Newton, the composer of Amazing Grace, and it speaks to that. You may have heard this story before, but Newton was a rockish young man. He joined the Navy at a young age. He faced severe discipline for all the insubordination that he was getting in trouble with. And so eventually he convinces his superiors to let him work on a slave ship. Right? And that's a job no one wanted. No one with integrity wanted to work on a slave ship. But he had been reading a little devotional book at some point in his life called The Imitation of Christ. And during a storm on the slave ship, he realized just how imperiled his soul was. And he realized that he was not following God at all. Right, and so he begins to understand himself as a true wretch. And so in understanding himself as a true wretch, he began to rely on God and to trust God to spare his life. 
He went on, of course, to become a great pastor, a hymn writer, and an abolitionist speaking against slavery. Right? But it's this recognition of being a wretch. That's the first sign that God has given you his grace. Because without this recognition, the gospel will never be good news to you. Without the recognition that you are a sinner in need of a new life, Christ is just another teacher. Without your conscience ever being troubled, then coming to the sacrament of communion is just a ritual. It's empty. You will never know how much you need God unless you know just truly how needy you are. And when you know that you are needy, when you know that you really are a sinner, when you know the fact that Christ has come for a sinner like you, then you know the gospel. In our gospel, Peter and the others, they leave their boats behind. They leave the miraculous catch of fish behind. They leave all those prophets, all of that money, their whole livelihood, because they have something more valuable. They have the one who awakens them to their true reality as sinners in need of a gracious God. But more than that, they now have the one who can forgive them. They have the one who can give them life. They have the one who gives them an identity outside of being a sinner. They have the one who gives them the grace to hear the good news that God is not forgetting them. And so when you come to Holy Communion this morning, come like St. Peter. Right? Recognize that there's good news for you, a sinner. There's good news that Christ has come for you. And if you know that you are a sinner, then the beginning of the good news is that God has made you aware of it. God has invaded your life. And so trust that he also has forgiven you. Rely on him. He has given you life. He has given you a new identity. He has given you forgiveness. So hear that message. In Christ Jesus today, you, a sinner, are truly forgiven. Amen.